Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we've got... Stories about dogs on the airplane, bras, puke, we got India and Venice, and even skateboard suitcases. Uh, The music for this episode I recorded on Grafton Street in Dublin, Ireland, and it was just one young girl, a street performer with a horn, pretty young girl that uh, I thought she was pretty darn good. Let's get on with the show. I was getting into crew rest and I was sitting by the window so I put my eye shades on and got all comfortable and I felt the next person get in next to me but they were touching me I mean like you know just like hip to hip so I thought well I must be taking up more room than I should be so I scooted over a little bit and then I felt them scoot over a little bit so I thought okay I must be really taking up a big seat here so I, I scoot over some more and then they scoot over some more and I'm thinking dang I'm like, how much room do you need? So I pull my eye shades off, and it's this little dog that that had gotten out of its kennel and just jumped up next to me. And every time I would move, it would just wiggle closer to me, and then wiggle some more, and then wiggle some more. Of course, the the mother of the dog was passed out drunk, so it was just looking for some companionship. And yeah, we don't usually have dogs in crew rest. Actually, we did. Sometimes we do, but this no, was a four-legged one. Four-legged. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but I also wanted to ask you, we just did crew rest on this weird airplane where it's sort of just like passenger seats with a curtain. Because we'd have a curtain. We had to have a curtain because otherwise, even if you had your eye shades on and blankets, someone would come and ask you, you know, what time we're getting in. So we have a blanket, but people don't realize that, the, I mean, a curtain, they don't realize that there's people behind that curtain. And every so often, the butts just start coming in closer and closer. So you said you might have a good uh, way to counteract that. Next time I have to sit in there, I'm going to carry a fork with me. And I'm just going to fork them a little when they sit on my head. Just a gentle prodding. And then they'll be like, go back to their seat. They're like, that curtain just bit me. Just bit me in the ass. So on my last trip, uh, we were boarding. Basically, all the passengers were on. We're just waiting for the paperwork. I'm standing in the galley with two other flight attendants. And this flight attendant who has, you know, um, she's quite buxom. <laughs> she she takes out this bag, like a Ziploc bag full of ice. And I said, uh, where did that come from? Because, you know, sometimes you think, oh, they might have a hurt wrist or something but I hadn't seen her nursing anything and she said uh it came out of my bra I said what she's like I do that for every boarding it's hot and it cools me off I was like you had an ice bag in your cleavage for boarding like does you know most people don't have that much room in there to have a bag full of ice hidden in their cleavage but hey you know It works for her, and and she's got cool cleavage. Uh, When I was an instructor, I had a student pilot that was very new. He only had a few hours at all in the aircraft. And uh, he ate something. I don't know what it was before he came out for a flight. It was a hot day, kind of bumpy. And we went been flying for 30 minutes, and he was looking really green. 
So I took the aircraft from him and said, we'll just go back and land and try again some other day. Well, it became obvious he was not going to make it back to the airport. So How big a plane were you? A little plane. This is a Cessna 150. There's basically the size of these two seats, yeah. and that's it. So fortunately, I had a bag, a little Walmart bag that he used, and uh, it was stinking up the cockpit pretty bad. It stinking up the whole airplane pretty bad. So I said, you've got to get rid of that. So he opened the window, and uh, he just kind of pushed it open. He was going to drop it out. We made sure not to drop it on anybody. But uh, Did it come back in? Well, when he pushed it out the window, he didn't push it back, he pushed it forward. And as soon as it hit the air, it blew up. <laughs> and it came back in on him. And basically covered him from head to toe. And uh, I'm kind of a sympathy barfer, so. <laughs> Did you? It's not in the airplane, but when we landed, I had to just shut it down and run. Cause it That's was coming. actually a nice term, sympathy barfer. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I frequently will join right in. Did but, that guy keep flying? No, I never saw him again. Oh, that was it for him. That was it for him. I hated it too because I think he could. He may have gone to somebody else. He may have been too embarrassed oh, to come yeah. back. But well, that was the last I flew with him anyway. <laughs> Sympathy. Sympathy Barfer. Barfer. I was going to say puker. Sympathy Barfer. So thanks to a listener named William who sent me this. Um, it might have been old. I don't know. But it's a clip of Ellen doing a bit on making fun of flight attendants. And I'm not going to play most of it because a lot of it's visual, but I did like this sec segment on the miracle that is Club Soda. That, that, here that is, is a flight attendant by any chance, but these bitches, they just have... <laughs> ah. Unless you know one, they're lovely, but the rest of them are... They have this attitude, and they can afford to have the attitude because they have the power, they have the peanuts. <laughs> we have these six peanuts that we need that... Six peanuts, somebody could offer that to you on the street. I don't want that shit, get that away from me, six peanuts. Salads are always two pieces of dead lettuce. Salad dressing comes in that astronaut package. So as soon as you open it, it's on your neighbor's lap. Boom. I'm telling. It's too late. But you know, should that happen, club soda's gonna get that stain out immediately. That'll be the answer to anything you ask up there. I don't know if you've noticed that, but... Excuse me, I have an upset stomach. Club soda, be right back. Excuse me, I spilled something. Club soda, be right back. Oh, the wing is on fire. Club soda, be right back. <laughs> I think they learned that in their training course, either right before or right after they learned that little... Bye-bye, bye-bye now, bye-bye. Bye now, bye-bye. Bye-bye now, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye now, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I was just talking to a friend of mine who I took a trip. My first big adventure trip was to India many years ago, and I was with two friends. And she reminded me of something from that trip that uh, it's funny how you tell, you tend to not tell stories if they make you look stupid. 
or you're the butt of the joke, <laughs> or you're the <laughs> you're the one that's put in an unpleasant light. <laughs> Funny how the mind works that way. But we were on this trip, and it was a particularly difficult trip. It was we were there at the worst time of the year, which always makes a difference. It was like 120 degrees, and India is difficult traveling at any time. But when you put that kind of heat on it, it was pre-monsoon, so. It's a really bad time of year to be traveling, and um, we were having a difficult time. Like, we tried to take a train to the first place we were going, to Rishikesh, and it took us literally a day. We wasted a day just trying to purchase a ticket. I mean, this was a while ago. I'm sure India's gotten more um, user-friendly, but at the time, it wasn't, and um the train didn't work that well, and Rishikesh turned out to be a real, oh, just not that high on your vacation spot list. And we wanted to get out of there. We didn't want to try to do the train thing again. So we had hired a car, and that turned out to be miserable too because it didn't have air conditioning. It's 120 degrees. We ended up having three flat tires. It took us like eight hours to get somewhere. And, um, we were in this hotel room trying to make a decision what we were going to do next. I don't know if you've been on a trip where things are just really challenging. And here's the three of us basically, are we going to Rajasthan? Should we change our plan and go up north and go hiking since it'll be cooler? You know, we were trying to make a big decision on the, to, you know, self-correct <laughs> this trip. And we're in the hotel room and we're discussing and trying to figure out what to do. Um, one of our friends had said, maybe we should spend more money and go on the Palace on Wheels train. And this way, the traveling wouldn't be so difficult. But we also knew it wouldn't be as authentic. Anyway, we're trying to make these important decisions. And they're both being really serious. And they're like, what do you think, Betty? And I'm like, I'm so dirty. <laughs> and they're like, what? I couldn't focus on what we were thinking of because I was looking at my elbow, the inside of my elbow. And you know, you have creases there. There was just dirt in the creases. I'd never just had dirt in the creases of my elbows before. And I was like, I'm so dirty. <laughs> and my friend is telling this story. He's like, you know, we're trying to make these important decisions. And all she could think about is that she was dirty. <laughs> So actually, that part of the story got me thinking of something else that I've been discussing at work is uh, the idea of washcloths. Are these things now um, vintage item? Uh, I know my parents always use them. I have them at home just in case like guests want to use them, but I don't. I don't use a washcloth. Uh, the flight attendants uh, we go to Europe and they don't have washcloths in the rooms a lot, and they a lot of flight attendants find this like a really bad selling point for those hotels and they'll be like do you want to take a hot towel from um first class because you know there's no there's no washcloths in the hotel and I'm like that's okay I'm fine I, I don't I don't need a washcloth I just use the soap is there something wrong with just using the soap I don't even know so then we were discussing this and I don't even know when I stopped using washcloths except for probably when I started doing my own wash you know laundry and thought I don't need this it's just another thing to wash you know another thing that's hanging up wet somewhere when you can just use the soap. I don't get it. Do you use a washcloth? I think they're a little passe. Okay, so you're, you're an ex-FBI agent? Yes. And anything ever funny? I know there's probably lots of serious things, but do any funny things happen at the FBI? 
we've had several things that have happened that have been hilarious. We had one incident where we were chasing a guy. He was uh, this was a bank robber, and he was running. It was a bank robber. Us. Yeah, it was a bank robber. He was running from us uh, through backyards and went over one fence and literally he didn't land in the pool but he hit the backyard and kind of stumbled into the pool, into the pool? and they had an alligator in the pool <laughs> the, uh, he did not get bit he got out real fast um, but it was it was very comical <laughs> so you caught him we did catch him. so wait that so the alligator sort of helped you catch him yeah well I would say yes <laughs> I don't know if you guys hate me saying how much I love my job, <laughs> but I just had a layover where I was really, really loving my job. I got to go to Venice. I've never been there before. I love going to places I haven't been before. And of course, you have all these expectations of, of a really famous place like that. But boy, it blew my expectations away. It was just so beautiful. Couldn't stop taking pictures. And uh, I have a friend who... Her husband collects um, casino chips, uh, so I saw a casino, and I decided to go in to see if I could get a casino chip for him from Venice, because that'd be cool, and uh, they didn't have chips, and here I am, you know, in a casino, and I do like to gamble, and uh, I decided, well, I'm in here, I'll just gamble a little bit, and as I was gambling, I was sort of winning, and I was thinking, you know, I was sort of admonishing myself. I'm like, you're in Venice. You've never been in Venice. What are you doing in a casino? But I was winning. <laughs> so I couldn't get myself to leave. And I'm thinking, you only have a little bit of time. You shouldn't be in the casino. So I decided, okay, I'm leaving. Um, and the cashier was, I couldn't cash out because the cashier was on break. So I had to stay. I had to stay in the casino. And uh, I won 250 euro 250 euro i tell you that so i as soon as the cashier got back i hightailed it out of there and not only was i in venice which is so unbelievably beautiful but i've I won almost it's more than 300 dollars. so boy i had an added spring in my step as i was walking around this fantastic you know all the gondolas and uh, it, the architecture and i sat down at this restaurant with this beautiful view of the canal and I was having, you know, real Italian pizza. And then if that wasn't good enough, you know, extra $300 in Venice, then there's a unicycle riding, juggling clown <laughs> street performer who is like fantastic. It was like Cirque du Soleil uh, Venito. <laughs> I tell you, I don't know how your workday was that day, but mine was out of this world. Airports are usually the launching pad for our major business travel. They're also time-consuming and very stressful. Now I think I've found the solution to getting to the gate quickly. The suitcase is a collaboration between micro scooters and Samsonite. Of course, the question is, by the time you've got the wheel mechanism, is there actually much room for anything inside? And the answer is yes, you can still get quite a lot in. 
there's a space for papers and even the laptop. And right inside itself, I have managed to get two shirts, T-shirts, jeans, of course, the usual underwear, a pair of shoes and a wash bag. A trip for two or three days is perfectly doable with this suitcase. The only question really is, imagine if everybody was using these in the airports around the world. So that was a clip from Richard Quest on International CNN. And I don't know if you could tell by the clip, but it's a suitcase that you take the wheels down off the back and it turns into like a skateboard and the top handle of the suitcase is like part of the scooter. So it's like a, a skateboard with a handle, sort of like a scoop board, but there's a, a scoot board, <laughs> a scooter slash skateboard. And the, the suitcase part is on the front where the handle is. So basically you have a suitcase and you have a scooter to scoot around the airport. I thought it was fantastic because, you know, especially if you think of like those long hallways going down to customs and immigration, you could, you could speed up there faster than everybody. You could beat everybody to to get to customs and immigration. But you know, I was thinking about this and I don't know how it would look if you're there in your flight attendant uniform and your high heels on a skateboard suitcase scooting through the airport. <laughs> and I don't know if the, how the airline, you know, would they frown upon that? There isn't any rule that I know of because I don't think it's ever been, um, they've never heard of a skateboard suitcase before. So I haven't seen anything in writing, no regulations. You know, is it, is it allowed? <laughs> So next time you're at the airport, if you see a flight attendant going through the concourse on a skateboard suitcase, it's me. Wow. It, it does feel bad to be behind Jean-Claude Van Damme, who, remember his move, what was Van Damme's move? His, his clear move of Signature intimidation. move was to actually do the splits. Between, yeah. two, which I don't know like, much about karate. Between but, like the island and the sink. Right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that was his move. That was, which, which I'm not a karate guy, but isn't that, doesn't that put you in the most vulnerable position like ever? A two-year-old with a wiffle ball bat could end that real quick. I we basically felt like when he had money. <laughs> That's think him. about when, <laughs> I'm just thinking about yes. that. When he, when he had money, my, I assumed that he would fly first class, buy a whole row of first class seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Board the plane before everybody. You, you see where this goes. Right. going. Put one foot on each armrest and just right. flip through the sky mall like they're the assholes for looking at him while he's doing the splits. Right. He's that guy. Probably buying the Chuck Norris stretch jeans from the back of the sky mall. <laughs> or buying my favorite item in the sky mall, the uh, end table that also doubles as a dog crate. Which, yeah. That's the most how barbaric m- thing how ever. How many people are shopping for furniture going, uh, this is great. This is really, it's the same uh, style, the same color, the same finish as our furniture. Just one question. Can you incarcerate a pet inside of this thing? <laughs> yeah, right when here? I put a drink down, I want it to jostle. That's I really important. Uh, I don't want to be a one-upper, but the double-decker cat stroller cannot be surpassed in terms of first world, why the terrorists hate us, this is why white people are evil. Yes. All we need to do to get the world to hate us is show them the sky ball. This is what we buy. That last segment was from the Adam Carolla Show. His podcast you can find on iTunes. It's one of my favorites. And that episode, I believe the guests were the uh, Scalar brothers. I love the bit about John Claude Van Damme. I mean, 
he was always doing the splits, like the posters, like what do the splits have to do with anything? How does that make you a good fighter? And after I had heard that bit on their show, I was like going up the escalator in the airport, you know, they have those giant escalators. And I could I could just see him like doing the splits there. <laughs> do you know why they have the bumps? There's little, next time you're in the airport going up one of those massive escalators, escalators. Look, they have these round circles in the middle between the two. And you know what they're for? It's for so that some kid doesn't get the bright idea to slide down the center. So they're basically like um, bum bumps <laughs> to keep kids from sliding down the escalators. Or maybe to keep John Claude Van Damme from doing the splits on the escalators at the airport. So I have an old car. It's uh, what, about 12 years old. <laughs> I always seem to have an old car. Uh, we all choose to spend money on different things. And uh, obviously, I like to travel. So I don't like to spend money on a car. But it does get to a point where you think, huh, you know, this is sort of getting to be a white trash car. <laughs> I mean, it's a Beetle. And um, I bought it because it looked happy. <laughs> Good reason to buy a car. And uh I'm not saying anything about Volkswagens. Uh, probably any car after a certain age, you know, starts to pretty much fall apart. But this car really is getting to be um, a little humorous. It's, let's see, okay, the, when you, the button for the window to go up and down, the little plastic thingy fell off. And, you know, to fix anything costs you know, $300. So I just took some tape and taped it back on so I can move the window up and down because you really do need to move the window up and down. <laughs> and okay, and then um, luckily, I don't uh, hit people very often, but I'm also can be a distracted driver. But luckily, it's usually just um, I just mess up my car. So that's fine. But like, uh, I don't know, I'm sure you guys or maybe you guys don't do this. But you know, when you I looked around, it didn't look like there were any of those humps in front of my car. So I thought I could just pull forward. And sure enough, there was one of those humps there. And you know, that's that terrible feeling where you, you your car goes over the hump and you think, Oh, shoot, that's no good. And so that the bumper um, kind of fell down from me hitting that parking bump. And uh, I certainly don't want to get that fixed. So, you know, the bumper was like hanging down. So I wanted to try to fix it myself. So I got a clamp. <laughs> it took me a few tries. I tried different size clamps. I just kind of clamped it up. So like if you lift the car up, you'll see that my bumper is, is attached by a, a 99 cent clamp from Home Depot. And if that's not... Um, Oh, and also like the glove compartment, it can't open that because that handle fell off. So basically things just fall off my car. And the one that's the big problem, this is the one that there's a lot of good Samaritans out there. Damn them. Damn those good Samaritans. Because this is the big problem with the car. The gas, where you put the gas in, that little flappy thing where, you know, there's a button in your car to unhook it. Well, I can't open it. That thing doesn't work anymore. That mechanism, and I already asked the mechanics, and they're like, oh, you know, I fix it for like, you know, three to $500. Three to $500? Shoot. Instead, they go, well, you can just put a paper clip in here so that it won't shut. Because if it shuts, I can't open it. And then basically, it's not a car because I can't put gas in it. But by putting a paper clip in there, so now I've got a tape <laughs> to put the window up and down. I've got a clamp holding the bumper, and this is the big one. I have to leave the 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 gas cap 
lever thingy open or else I can't put gas in it. And these gosh darn, gosh darn good Samaritans, they think that they're helping you by shutting that thing and then I can't open it. So if, when I go out to the parking lot, because I, I park in a parking lot out here and the gas gap is closed, I just want to go, God damn you good Samaritans, I won't be able to open it to put gas in it. <laughs> I know what you're thinking out there. You can afford to get another car, but I really, you know, I don't have to car payment on it. And, you know, it's a free car, basically, even though it's got all these white trash elements, it still runs. <laughs> so where I'm going with this is uh, if you want to support the show and maybe I can get my gas cap fixed so that I, I don't have these. I don't, so I don't have to swear at the Good Samaritans. <laughs> that shut it for me. They think they're doing me a favor. You can go to my website, bettyinthesky.com. And by the way, I spruced it up a bit. I've added photos. I've added links to books I recommend. Uh, it took me, I guess, I maybe I'm just cheap. Maybe that's it too, because uh, I didn't want to hire someone to do the website. So I did it myself. So it's not it's not beautiful, but it doesn't look as bad as it did before. And I'll be able to, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'll be able to put more international Amazon links. But anyway, right on the front page, there's Amazon links. You can either click on the link for my book. You don't have to buy my book, but anything you purchase from there, I get a little bit and then maybe I can get my gas cap fixed. <laughs> but also I put another link. So you don't even have to go to the site where my book is because I put a kit. Kindle Amazon link, just a generic Amazon link. So anyway, if you're gonna buy something on Amazon anyway, doesn't cost you anymore. But if you go through my website, I get a little kickback. And this way, maybe I can fix a few things on my white trash car. <laughs> Thank you very much for going to BettyInTheSky.com and clicking through Amazon if you need something. Thanks. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye.